Everyone, can we give a round of applause for Mr. Chris Carter, who is in the building right now? He's back. You are listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast live at Barrow and Baker, right here across the pond in London. And my name is Gabe Henderson from the Vikings Entertainment Network, alongside Vikings.com, Tatum Everett. Hello, hello. And like I said before, we have the special privilege of being joined by the Hall of Fame wide receiver who still holds the Vikings records for most catches, receiving yards, touchdowns, and most 100-yard receiving games in Vikings history. Last but not least, can we give another round of applause for Mr. Chris Carter? You look like you've been having a lot of fun this trip so far. It's been nice, low-key, low-key, because the jet lag is a real thing. Got in yesterday morning, um, came by the pub yesterday, poured a couple pints, for Vikings fans. And then today, I've, good morning football this morning. Yep. A couple little appearances here. But no, having a lot of fun, going to get a lot of food, a little bit of sightseeing, but more importantly, Sunday's game. And Tatum, you've been here longer than Chris. So like, are, are either of you tired yet? You celebrated your birthday yesterday. I celebrated my birthday yesterday. I just told somebody a second ago, it's just a perpetual state of being tired. <laughs> Jet lag is real. But there are way worse places to be than to get ready for an NFL game at Tottenham Stadium. So you might as well live it up, right? Right, right. You can rest when you're a little bit older. Exactly. Chris, uh, you you never played in London, but you were on that 93 and 94 Vikings team uh, that traveled to Germany and Tokyo for a couple of preseason games. What were some of your fondest memories of those, even though they were just preseason games? Right. It's far more difficult in, in those days as far as traveling because we had six weeks of training camp two-a-day practices, and the coaches are still trying to formulate the squad. And at that time, you know, I was on the verge of really trying to do something special. So those preseason games to start the season are very, very important. So it was a good trip. Didn't get people injured and everything, but far more difficult, especially traveling in August during the preseason. How were you able to acclimate your body and be ready to go and feel like your normal playing self? Well, you're not going to feel normal. Um, the, the body is about rhythm and sequencing. And I think the Vikings on this trip have done a good job. They've looked at a couple different ways to do it. The Saints came over early after Sunday's game, got over Monday. The Vikings have done this a couple times, came over early and came over late. But it's important to try to keep your body clock on with the natural clock that it's on. And working with Sleep Number, who's one of the sponsors, a Minneapolis company, also a sponsor of the NFL, I think that it will be well served come Sunday afternoon for the Vikings. And of course, the Vikings are staying further away from the city. But at the same time, this is still a Sunday game. It feels different because it's overseas. But are there any nerves? Are there any anything different that goes into game planning for a game like this? Oh, no. When you see the opposition, the other 31 team in the NFL, you know it's real. <laughs> and you know it's not a preseason game. And you know that they're keeping track of the records. We're trying to get through the first quarter of the season, 3-1. and one. That would be monumental for us. So you can't get these opportunities back. So long as you play in the league, it's about memories. And this will be a fond memory, especially if they go on to have a special season. Oh, man. A memory that will be marked by an appearance in a soccer stadium now transformed into a football stadium. I toured Tottenham Hotspur the other day. The mm-hmm. locker rooms are NFL size. The field is amazing. It is. It kind of reminds me of the a, but it's a football field now. Yeah. They like bring the, well, they, 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 the grass. Well, they reel the pitch out yeah. and then they lift up the they football field. They lift the field. grass. 
It is, it's remarkable. Yes. Anyone going to the game is going to have a great time. What are you looking forward to watching football in a soccer stadium? Well, football is a, is a, is a game made to be played on that same pitch. So to me, I don't get caught up into what the stadium was built for. To me, okay. I get caught up into the competition that's on the field. The Saints are struggling offensively. Jameis Winston hadn't been the answer to Drew Brees retiring. And how do we get Justin Jefferson back on track? Him and Adam Thielen making big plays. Hey, that's my lovely wife. How you doing? <laughs> and that's my boss, my daughter. My boss. <laughs> Monterey. <laughs> yeah. You got you to say it. You got to say it. But uh, just speaking of that, you know, you talked about Justin Jefferson, right? If teams have the science, it's double team him or press man him. So if you're Kevin O'Connell, how do you mitigate that for a receiver to get your best receiver open? Well, it's a, it's about team. Um, I think eight straight seasons with the Vikings, I think from 1993 until like, I think 2021, we had 2,000 yard receivers every year. Jake Reed and I broke the record three straight, four straight, and then we drafted Moss and him and I did three straight in a row. So there's accountability in the room. KJ's got to keep coming up big. Adam Thielen's got to come up big. My man, the tight end from Alabama, Earth, yeah. he's got to come up big. He yeah. dropped that touchdown against Philadelphia. So collectively, as a wide receiver group, you have to be able to help Justin out in those situations. The Saints offense may not be firing on all cylinders, but their defense is something to definitely be weary of. They are strong in certain areas that could really limit the receivers. And what you're talking about, where you want to get these guys mm -hmm. to have these big yard games. What is it about this Saints defense that these receivers have to be aware about? Well, the number one thing is the Saints, through the last four or five years, they um, through their head coach, Dennis Allen, who was a defensive coordinator, they've been able to put pressure on the quarterback with a minimum number of guys rushing the passer, three or four, five guys at most. They play a lot of bump and run. They have Marshawn Lattimore first round draft pick from Ohio State. He'll probably guard Justin Jefferson all over the field. Yep. That's the way he does. And he's a feisty guy. So it's going to be a dynamic battle between the two of them. How much help they give him on Justin's going to be one of the question. But ultimately, some type of running game and the responsibility on the other players to make plays. Big players make big-time plays in big-time games. And, uh, I mean, some of those big-time players last week were K.J. Osborne and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen uh, recorded his 50th career touchdown against the Detroit Lions last week. K.J. Osborne had the game-winning touchdown. How can those guys continue to complement him? And how did – I mean, I guess it kind of goes back to the, the original three deep. Like, I mean, we got three receivers right now. They'll never compare to you, Randy, and Jake Reed. Yeah, but. don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you, you're very smart. Don't do that. I would never do that. But just speaking of complimentary, how does right. all of those roles complement each other? Well, I just think that we need to give the coach time because he talked about the touchdown to KJ was not a play that they had up to run in the game, but it's a play that they ran with the Rams. And he said he's trying to build like an encyclopedia of information and plays that at any given time he can pull up those plays. So until they have that experience, it becomes very, very important that they get a good foundation, and he's got to build spread the ball around. He's going to move Justin, but also Dalvin Cook in the running game. If we can run the ball, that frees up one extra defender not to be able to take advantage of the pass coverage. We're only in week three, and everything that you talked about as far as what Coach O'Connell is trying to implement and do with this offense is such a good point because we don't yet know the identity of this offense. What do you think it can become? Well, with Kirk Cousins as an accurate passer, 
the sky is really the limit. The last couple of years, we really struggled as far as offensive line inconsistencies. We're getting a little bit better. He talked about left tackle O'Neal being very, very consistent this year. And as you continue to build that group, like you can't be a championship football team without having a dominant offensive line. So the better our offensive line, the better the results offensively will be. Chris, what, what got you going for, for game day? Because sometimes a receiver or a player might say it took that first hit for them to get the nerves out or it took that first catch or that first carry, but what, what got you going on game days when you play for the Vikings? I'm a very different guy. I wake up ready. Like on game days, I don't sleep very well. I get up at like six in the morning, go walk around the city or the town that we're in. When we stayed in Minneapolis, we stayed at the Hilton downtown. I walk around Minneapolis and I just believe I was born to play on Sundays. I believe I was born to play in the NFL. And I knew that the team and the offense each week, they had a game plan of how we're going to get Chris Carter open how we're going to take advantage of the defense. So for me, I only get nervous during the week, preparing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. After I've done the proper preparation, one of the coaches, he taught us proper preparation prevents a poor performance, the six Ps. <laughs> so if I prepared well, game day to me was a lot easier. It was more about being a showman, coming up in clutch situations, but nerves they didn't play a part as far as getting ready for the game day were you ever in a situation that justin is in right now where he's getting all the bracket coverage and and i'm sure you were so my next question would be what did you do to continue to succeed out there well i have to be careful with this one but anytime i got bracket coverage I mean, Jake Reed and Randy Moss would exploit that one-on-one -on -one matchup. Anytime that, that they would put two people designated on, either on myself or on Randy, we would make sure that we went to the other DB and tell him he's the one going to lose the game. Yeah. Like, we're getting ready to come after you. <laughs> we're like, we're getting ready to attack you. Like, do you know that? Yeah. But does your mom know that? <laughs> You're getting ready to be on Sports Center. So I think that we had a different approach. So the pressure wasn't going to be on us we transferred that pressure to the defense and that one defender that they had guarding one of us. I love to hear that. Putting pressure on a defense and not making it about yourself that, hey, I'm getting double team and I need to do this. It's more so, hey, we got all yeah. these other If I'm ones. getting double team, I'm doing my job. There's only nine guys on the field. So they can only rush four or five. They got two on me. They only got four or five other guys in pass coverage. So drawing the double team, Justin Jefferson is doing his job. Adam Thielen has to step up. Irv's got to step up. KJ's got to keep making plays. That's what the game is about. Relying on your teammates. Relying on your teammates, and uh, we're relying on you for one more segment of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. That works for you? Let's do it, bro. Hey, Vikings fans. Right now, you can pick up a commemorative Vikings cup at U.S. Bank Stadium. Fill it with an ice cold Pepsi, and you'll be ready for football watching. Salon Montage is the Twin Cities' premier salon and spa destination and proud official hair sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. With three convenient locations in Edina, Woodbury, and Chanhassen, there's a Spalon close to you. Visit online at Spalon.com. All right, we're back. This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast. A quick commercial break. Now we're back. It's great when you do these quick things live break. and they're like, wait, what break? You breathed? You took a sip of water? Uh, this is our first live audience here for the Minnesota it Vikings is. podcast. You guys and, uh, are doing a good job. They are. They're what do you guys think about it? 
This I mean, my man here dressed great. up for the occasion. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He's got a white Vikings hat with the purple suit. Yeah, they're suit. definitely showing up today. Definitely showing up today. And I expect it to be a lot of purple and gold in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday as well. No, absolutely. The further we go away, the more Vikings fans. I remember we used to go to California. They had the California Vikings fan club there. Anytime we go to South Florida. Also, Vikings fans, if you're going to be in South Florida, I will be there at Dolphin Stadium October 16th when we smash the, smash the Miami. Well, we yeah, got, that's, that's got this game, game and next game against the Bears before we get there. So that's that's going to hopefully we're right. Well, I'm just two. planning my itinerary four for the one. next 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Chris. Uh, you played against the New Orleans Saints a few times in your career. Um, I feel like they were not as prominent as they are right now, but. What were your fondest memories of playing the New Orleans Saints when you played for the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, they weren't as prominent. Sean Payton, you know, after the hurricane, they did a tremendous job as far as transforming their fan base. Their connection with the NFL and the sports world is definitely different. But when we played them, they were known for their defense. They had that linebacker, Pat Swilling, my man Ricky Jackson. The Dome Patrol. Um, Sam Mills. <laughs> I mean, they had a yeah. beastly defense. So we had to be more concerned about their defense and not turning the ball over and giving their offense a short field. And to say the last 15 years since Drew Brees, it's been about their offense, but I think their defense is really underrated. And that's why Tampa Bay has struggled with them the last three years, because they're so good defensively, especially up front. Did you have a favorite venue that you played in in the NFL, not your home stadium? I, mean, I like playing in Lambeau Field. I like making the Packers fans cry. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, they're, they're our biggest rival, <laughs> and that stadium is legendary. And it's like you're driving around in high school, and then all of a sudden you show up at this big <laughs> stadium. So there's no community, you know, like Green Bay. And I think that the way that they've kept it kind of intact, even though they updated a little bit, um, that's my favorite. I mean, I wish I could play in U.S. Bank. Goodness yeah. gracious. Oh, my right. gosh. I think I get some numbers there. <laughs> I mean, the Metrodome was pretty crazy, too. I feel like the roof, the, the energy kind of vibrated off the top of the building. The Metrodome, yeah, but it was a dinosaur. Gotcha. I mean, now we're driving. I mean, U.S. Bank is like a Bentley. Yeah. <laughs> and the Metrodome was like a Pinto that we were renting. <laughs> that we were renting? <laughs> renting, yes. Didn't even own it. All right. Just speaking of history, though, right? I, I feel like you guys with the original 3D, you kind of changed the game. It's making it made it more of a passing league. I mean, two... Thousand yard receivers, three three years in a row. Do you, do you feel like you guys were light years ahead of what you are, which is basically what the game is right now? Well, I knew that we were definitely very very cutting edge as far as having three receivers on the field. Sixty five percent of the time, we were we, our set was three receivers. But the, the only thing that's never be duplicated, not only the productivity but the size. Like I was the smallest guy at six two and a half, two hundred and ten pounds. Moss six four. 200. Jake Reed, 6'4 and a half, 225. So the size at the position would never be duplicated. Is there any 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 Vikings group of like the three that we have now? Is there any other group of three that you'd say would be like right under you guys? Like another group that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm excited to watch. Well, yeah, like current them. Viking receivers that can like yeah, fit that mold. Sorry, that was a tough. That was a weird way of asking that. <laughs> well, this this is the thing. If if I was to give the young receivers for the Vikings advice. Set your own standard compared to the standard that we had. Now, they get ample opportunities, and we really put the bar high up there. I do believe that we can have 2,000-yard receivers, and I do believe that we can also have a 12, 1,300-yard rusher. That's a winning combination 
for winning offensive football. We're able to get Dalvin Cook into the mix. So it's not fair when you have a legendary group and you compare it to any group. So I think that they should try to make a name for themselves. And I think that KJ, that's what he's trying to do. Man, KJ is going to have to have a day this week um, against this New Orleans Saints team. In my opinion, I've been on record saying that it's going to take KJ and Adam Thielen having another great game for defenses to respect them. Because it's like, okay, they had one great game, but you got to do it over again. Would you agree? Absolutely. And you can even tell last week the coverages that Detroit, you know, they didn't give him the type of respect. They should have been up and bumping and running and, and didn't give him the proper respect, and he was able to beat them for the touchdown. But that's the NFL. They're yeah. going to challenge you every week until you have the type of reputation. And even Adam Thielen, I mean, he's getting a lot of single coverage yep. that he hadn't gotten the last several years. So he's being challenged week in and week out to step up to the, the reputation that he's already has around the league. We've obviously talked a lot about the offense so far, but the defense is going to be seeing a Saints offense that's struggling. And now this just out here, quarterback Jameis Winston is doubtful for the game. Michael Thomas is out against the Vikings on Sunday. So the likely starter would be Andy Dalton, and he would be without their top receiver. What are your thoughts on hearing that? It's kind of like breaking news over here. Well, especially, um, we love it. Dun, 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 dun. Breaking news here. Jameis Winston won't be playing. He's doubtful. Michael we'll Thomas out. Jr. is out. I like playing against the best players. It's not going to happen week in and week out, but especially in the NFL in the first month of the season, if you can keep your star players healthy, it's really going to pay dividends when you come November and December because you get all those reps together. So I'm not surprised. Michael Thomas has struggled, hamstring injury, ankle injury. Jameis really played bad the last two weeks trying to play injured. All NFL players cannot play hurt, and they have determined that these guys, that they're better off either sitting and getting another week's rest and when you leave Carolina and come here, you don't have your whole training staff. You don't have your team facilities. So trying to come back from an injury on the road is probably one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, now speaking of injuries, uh, Jarvis Landry went down in the third quarter last week. They had another receiver that went down in the fourth quarter last week. So that's three receivers right there for the New Orleans Saints that are pretty questionable. Well, one is already out that won't play. So if you're this Viking secondary, how do you build confidence knowing that they're not going to have their, their top guys playing? Well, we just eliminate the big plays, the big plays given up in weeks one through three and some of the yardage. You know, right now we're one of the bottom teams as far as yardage given up, but we're a top 10 team as far as points given up. Yep. So sometimes we have to keep the points down, but maybe chip off 40 to 60 of those yards. And maybe with the unheralded receiving core, we can play a little more press man, not give up those big plays, create some turnovers, and Andy Dalton doesn't do well under pressure. That's what his resume says. So that's what I look for the Vikings to do on Sunday in the matchup. Preparing for Dalton is obviously a lot different than preparing for Jameis Winston. How does that change with a doubtful next to Jameis's name heading into Sunday? Well, even though they're different players, both of them don't necessarily run a lot. So you know they're going to be in the pocket. So even though the game plan might vary just a small bit, their resumes are relatively the same. They have been starting quarterbacks in the league, high draft picks, they got good experience, and they're veteran quarterbacks. So you have to change up the coverages. Don't give them the same looks. And whatever you think they're anticipating, if they're anticipating, man, let's play some zone. But either one of them, Jameis or Andy Dalton, I'm getting ready to blitz them. 
early. I'm getting ready to heat them up and make them uncomfortable because if you look at the bad games that they play, that's when they play bad, when they're under pressure, especially through the middle. Man, I, I would love to see that. And, and, and to this point of the week where we're recording this on a Friday, uh, we, we've been to a few bars already. There's a, there's a Is there a Packer fan? Cheeseheads. Wow. They come, the Cheeseheads come, wherever I go, they show up to pay their respect. <laughs> I love that. That's love what that. they do. That's what they do. Well, and they, don't, and they don't have great receivers there since their receiver left. That's true. Yeah, they're having a problem with their wide receivers now. <laughs> But he no. got the money. <laughs> We're talking about Devontae Adams. She said, well, Devontae Adams, Adams is the reason why. Three, but he got the money. That, he got the bag. That's all that matters. <laughs> and, and, and the more wins you get, the more money you'll make in this league. So for you, understanding that you've been here this entire week, outside of just like the X's and O's of the game, what, what are you looking forward to on Sunday? Also, the fan base. I mean, they've been playing soccer here, and the fans are crazy about it. But they've embraced American football. So seeing the different types of fans from all the different country, all the different jerseys here to support the NFL product. You know, to me, I've been associated with the NFL for five straight decades. Oh, wow. I haven't had a real job in my life. Wow. No college degree, five straight decades associated with the NFL. So to me, the brand is strong and you can see that by all the interaction of all the different people coming from around the world. Well, we can't have you on the Minnesota Vikings podcast without asking your prediction for Sunday. What I'm going got? with the Vikings win. I'm going to hey. say Vikings win 27-17. Kirk Cousins, three touchdown passes, 320 yards. Dalvin Cook, about 85 yards rushing, still got that bad shoulder. Do a little combination, platooning the running backs. Don't turn the ball over. Vikings get a win. Love it. Vikings get a win. That's, that's the reason why we're here in London, and that's the reason why everyone is clapping. Uh, Chris, our final thoughts before we get into that game on Sunday? Well, I'm just, I think the Vikings are in a great position. What they're doing from an ownership standpoint, cutting edge, going out and getting a different manager, a different general manager with a different background, going out, getting another head coach that's an offensive minded coach. I love that for the Vikings. That's more exciting. And just the facilities and everything surrounding the team. The sky is the limit. They can do something special, and that's what I'm cheering for the guys to be able to do. Well, the something special starts this upcoming Sunday, 2.30 p.m. British summertime, 8.30 a.m. Central time back at home in Minneapolis. Uh, you can hear the energy here in London, but we're looking forward to seeing the energy on the field on Sunday. That was fun, Chris. Thanks for being on our first ever live Minnesota Vikings podcast. Well, thank you guys for having me. Congratulations on your birthday. Happy birthday. And your thank engagement. You so well, thank you. FS National News. Thank you so FS much. National News. Yeah. It's not, oh, we, we made it viral now. So for Tatum, Chris Carter, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you all again for tuning into another edition thank you guys. of the Minnesota Vikings Podcast. Ooh.